0: I'm Kate Daniels. If you have ever found yourself feeling out of balance where so many of us find that our work life is overwhelming us, taking up too much of our time, then we're going to get some precious insights now as we meet Dr. Brian Robinson, a licensed psychotherapist, a college professor, and a blogger for Psychology Today. Brian is also an author and he's joining us with his latest book, Hashtag Chill, Turn Off Your Job and Turn On Your Life. Let's meet Brian and discover some of the simple ways to get our life moving in the direction we choose and thrive in. Dr. Brian Robinson, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us this morning.
1: Good morning, Kate. It's great to be here.
0: Wonderful to have this opportunity to be with you and talk about being chilled, but not not in the frosty kind of weather type, but uh, more in terms of personality, right, with yes. your new book, Hashtag Chill?
1: Yeah, more of a warm chill instead of a cold chill.
0: (laughs) Yes, definitely a a direction that we want to be orientating ourselves towards, right?
1: That's right. And uh, the book is for anybody and and everybody who is trying to slow down, do less, uh, have more uh, free time or just time just to kind of watch the grass grow, because it seems like, you know, where things are going is most people are up to their eyeballs in something. And the subtitle of the book is called um, Turn Off Your Job and Turn On Your Life. And your job can be if you're gainfully employed. It can be if you're a student. It can be if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad. Even a retiree, I'm finding that many retirees are so busy with doing so many things nowadays. It's really a different uh, life for retirees that some of them are even burning out. So... It's really about paying attention to how you're treating yourself and whether you're in the past, and the present in your head, or are you in the present moment. And I often use the metaphor of, of a car. If we drove our cars like we drive ourselves, uh, obviously the car is going to go off the cliff or it's going to burn out and crash. And so nowadays people need more brakes. That's one way to think about it. We, got the, we need both gas and brakes. But you have to have brakes with your car, and we need brakes to recharge our batteries with our, our bodies and our minds as well. And that's what the book's about. And it's not just about kicking back with a beer and watching the Super Bowl, although that's a great thing to do, or lying by the pool with your favorite drink. But it, it's that, but it's also about how do we react to life. And I have a saying, uh, ask not how life is treating you, ask how you are treating life when it comes. Because life is not personal, it just is. And we get all curveballs all the time, and the question becomes, do I react to the person who accidentally cuts me off or the person who unwittingly steps in line in front of me at the grocery store, Um, the crying baby on the airplane, the flight delay? These things happen to all of us. And when we can find that place inside that I call hashtag chill, we start to realize we don't have to react to every little curveball, and as you practice this, you learn that you can stay chill regardless of what's happening in, around you, and you're going to live longer, you're going to be physically and mentally healthier because your heart's not going to race, your muscles are not going to tense, you're able to stay calmer, which means that you're going to be healthier and happier. So that's really the point of the book, and it's for anybody who wants to lead a more um, a calm, quiet, uh, peaceful, happy life.
0: And would you say, Brian, that this is a book that you wish uh, you had read uh, maybe even a few years ago or, say, a decade ago?
1: Oh, boy, do I ever. That's really why I wrote it, and I, you know, I I haven't arrived anywhere, um, and I tell people I have a private practice here in Asheville, North Carolina. I tell my folks, you know, if you ever see me banging the steering wheel when I'm caught in traffic, I haven't arrived. I pra- try to practice the things in this book, and I often go back to the book. I'm a human being. We're all human. But I hope you won't see me do that, but I can't promise. I, I'm, but the, this is the path I'm on. But there was a time in my life, and I write about it in the introduction, when I was so driven I had no control over my life. I was working day and night. Uh, I, I was physically having problems. My marriage was falling apart. I had no friends. I was snapping at colleagues. And But I was getting awards and fat accolades and pay raises at the university where I was teaching. And uh, so on the outside, it looked like I was just, you know, this great um, uh, worker but I was miserable and didn't understand why. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't see the water I was swimming in. Now I look back and I can see that I was driven instead of drawn. And I talk about this in the book. When we're drawn, we're coming from our soul, our heart, not just our head. Uh, And when we're driven, we're driven by survival, fear, anxiety, uh, not doing enough or not uh, getting promoted or not getting the raise or not getting the job or our spouse not leaving us or whatever it is. We're driven either from outside circumstances or from our own pressures on the inside. But when you're drawn, you you find that place, that hashtag chill place, that's associated with eight C words that automatically are byproducts as you start to uh, we can talk about some of the micro-chillers that help you get there, and I can mention those in a minute. But the hashtag chill is a place inside where you feel calm. You're curious instead of judging yourself when, some, when you make a mistake or forget. Uh, then you start to have more clarity uh, about, you know, what's going on inside and what just happened. It builds your confidence and your compassion. It helps you connect more with yourself and other people and you are more willing to stick your neck out. You have more courage, uh, and it unleashes your creativity. So once you start to practice this, and I I want to make sure that you remind me to talk about what some of these practices can be, um, it starts to become a, a more of an automatic way of being in the world, in that place we call hashtag chill.
0: To that end with hashtag chill, we need to mention your website because people may be thinking, what is this? Hashtag chill. What do I have? Do I have it? So yeah. they ha- each of us has an opportunity to f- figure that out and find that out.
1: That's right. Uh, the website is www.brianrobinsonbooks.com, and Brian is B-R-Y-A-N. And on the website, there's a test. Uh, as soon as you go on the homepage, it says, How Chill Are You? You can click on it, take the test. It will give you an automatic score and there are other things on the website, blogs that I write for Psychology Today and some other, some other uh, information that's useful. And people can contact me if they want to. Um, you'll find my Facebook and all my other social media contact information on there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a fun I- experimental thing to do. I, one of the things that I have, uh, in, for the new year, I've, I've set a, an intention... And I'm not good at it yet, um, I'm, but I'm trying. And that intention is to forgive uh, everybody who gets in my way or everything that gets in my way, like an air, airport delay, uh, my flight delay, or um, uh, a in traffic. Because these things are going to happen. And instead of reacting when my blood pressure goes up and my heart starts racing, which is not good for me, uh, it's about forgiving these things and finding that place of calm within myself because I can't control it anyway so that's again uh, what what the book's about is if you if you are not chill then here's some ways that you can get there one is uh, meditation now when I say meditation and I'd say this to some of my patients their hands go up and say I can't add another thing to my list well this is not this is very simple. Meditation does not have to be sitting in lotus position on the floor, burning incense, 20 minutes, It's none of that. You can do this for five minutes, and it will change your life. If you do it over time, it won't change your life immediately. But there's science behind this. We can actually see on MRIs the change in the brain for people who meditate. They They have better memory because they're... Hippocampus, which is responsible for memory, does not shrink. If you meditate over time regularly, you have better memory. That's a fact. You have uh, a higher immune system. You have uh, your, your body overall is, is going to be in better shape. You're going to be healthier mentally and physically and happier. So meditation is what I do. And the way I do it is I focus for three to five minutes on my breath. And here's what happens, as i focus on the in-breath through my nose and out-breath through my mouth, my mind will wander. And this is where people give up, but that's what's supposed to happen. Your mind is wired to wander. All you do is just bring it back to your breath, keep breathing in through your nose, out through your mouth, it's going to wander again. You come back to your breath, it's very simple, it's not complicated at all. And you just let your mind wander. Don't get upset. If you get upset and frustrated and throw the towel in, uh, then you've, you've given up too soon. It's, um, your mind is going to wander. But when you practice this, it's like going to the gym. When I first went to the gym, I couldn't um, bench press my weight. I can now and more than in my weight because I stuck with it. So after a while, what you notice with meditation is you're more focused. And as I've done this over the years, I used to not want to do it, but even for five minutes, some people just say, I don't have five minutes. Well, we all have five minutes between sunrise and sunset. So um, as I, now that I do it, I don't want to stop. I, like, I want to go to 10 minutes. But sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. It, but I get it in. That's the main thing. And I notice that I'm not as reactive. Things don't bother me as much. I'm in that sweet spot that I call hashtag chill. So that's one way to get there. There's another, and I call these micro-chillers in the book. Um, make a, a to-be list alongside your to-do list. And when I ask people to make a to-be list, they they go blank. They don't even know what to, to put down, which is fine. That That's because we don't think that way. We think about what we have to do. The whole point of the book is to balance that out. So if you make a to-be list, and meditation is on my to-be list, is one thing. It could be uh, soaking in a hot tub and just letting my mind go. Um, watching the grass grow. Whatever it is, it balances out the to-do list. The other uh, ex- exercise, there are many of them, but these are examples. Tall comings. What are your tall comings? Well, there's no such word as tall comings. I made it up. But we have the word in Webster's in Wikipedia called ta- uh, shortcomings, because we tend to focus on our, the negative aspects of ourselves. When we balance that out with our tallcomings, what are our attributes, our talents, what are we good at, our character, and with, without modesty, you go make that list, and then you balance out the shortcomings, and you start to feel better as you start to look at your life in a different way.
0: And we can see, I think we can really get that sense within ourselves as to thinking of all the benefits, the value we have from meditation, thinking of how to make a, a tall Cummings list. Those are so invaluable. To make our life better, why wouldn't we want to do that? You know, start with that five minutes. As you said, mm-hmm. Brian, we can find five minutes a day.
1: Yeah. Even if it's... uh. You know, just saying, what am I grateful for? Because we tend to focus on what's not working or what we don't have or what we want that we haven't gotten yet or where we want to be that we're still not. And that's fine as long as you balance that out with, yeah, but look at how rich my life is. And I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about the people that love me and the people I love and my health or the kids and their health and. Uh, I call this putting, in the book I call it, put on your wide-angle lens. Um, and, and here's why we need that, because Mother Nature wired all of us, everybody listening, um, you, Kate, and me, to um, overestimate threats and underestimate our ability to handle them. So on a neurological level, Mother Nature wants us to survive. And if we want to be happy, we got to do that part. So we're wired to, be, to worry and to think ahead and to look at the negative side of things so we don't get our head chopped off in life. And that's fine. We need that. But we also need to balance it out with being grateful, um, feeling calm and not always on, on edge. We just want this is about balancing our lives and, and making sure that we're living from a place of joy and fulfillment, as well as a place of paying attention and and looking out for safety. And all we have to do is look at the news to see that overall there's a lot of things going on in the world that people are very distressed about. We can do our own little piece in our own little world to support that. We can't, no, no one person is going to be able to change it. But collectively, if we can all be kinder to each other and a little more forgiving when we step in front of each other. I stepped in front of somebody at the post office about a week ago, and the gentleman kindly showed me where the line was, and, uh, you know, I'm human, too. So we're all doing the best we can for the most part. Um, And so the book is about relaxing into that place, uh, doing the best you can do, admit your mistakes, uh, treat yourself with loving kindness when you make a mistake or forget, Um, because you're going to, and I am too. So it's just a whole different way of thinking about how we show up in the world that brings uh, those eight C words that I mentioned earlier.
0: And I think all of us would agree that regardless of where we are on this path, this journey of our life, there's always room for growth and improvement and enhancing wherever we're at. And that's where I feel that hashtag chill, turn off your job and turn on your life really has such value. The stories, the the ways that we might uh, focus on a meditation that that uh, particular uh, chiller at the end of the book. You have the 366 chillers to uh-huh. just find that kind of phrase that can be the focus throughout the day.
1: Yeah, there's a, uh, another micro chiller I mentioned in the book that I use a lot. It's called Halt H A L T. It's an acronym for hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. And the reason it's helpful is because so many of us are on autopilot and we don't even pay attention to what's going on inside of us because we're focused on meeting that deadline or getting the kids where they need to be or getting to work or whatever it is that we're focused on. But the halt helps you if you're irritable or not feeling well or, you know, uh, annoyed easily. You can say, Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? And often it will help you identify what's going on. And if you're hungry, you can eat a snack. Or some people don't even eat lunch anymore uh, because they speed through it because they have so much to do. Or eat lunch. Uh, Are you angry about something? Is something uh, tearing at you on the inside? Maybe so. It helps you identify it. Lonely? Well, then call a friend or connect with a, a coworker. Or tired? Maybe you're not getting enough rest, enough sleep. Um, So there are those kinds of little simple exercises that you can file away and carry with you throughout the day. And you mentioned those chillers. Uh, They're 366. They're one-liners for each day of the year. And um, they're they're nice little uh, reminders that we can file away. And then when something happens that, you know, life's not going the way we want it to, and it won't because it's not supposed to, um, it helps us deal with it in a better way.
0: And really, if we are present, as you were suggesting, to be present in our own life and observe these things rather than react to them, it, it can be kind of like a game, very Absolutely. much fun, right? It
1: is, and you know what? It feels like you've hit a home run or made a touchdown. It's a great feeling. It has a. It's kind of like a, a high that you get. That wow! I'm so proud of myself. I didn't react. I. Um, I was, uh, about a year ago, uh, I was coming back from Atlanta on the interstate, and as I I was getting off to go to my house in Asheville, I looked over, and there had been a woman in a little red car in front of me, and she flipped me the bird and gave me this ugly look, and I thought, what in the world is that about? And then I noticed this inside me, my anger. I'm very aware of my, my, I call them parts of me, and my anger was going to take over, and have me roll down the window and do the same thing, and I stopped it and I said, "Wait a minute, that's not who I want to be in the world." I mean, I could I could do it, but it's not going to change anything. It's not going to make me feel better. And so I was able to stop the anger. And I was. At, and by the way, we talk to our talking to ourselves is really important. And I, I want to talk about that in a minute. We used to say if people talk to themselves, they're crazy, but the psychology is reversed on that. Now we encourage clients and patients to talk to themselves because it helps them understand who they are. My anger is not who I am. So if I talk to it and I say, Okay, anger, I know you're upset but that's not what we're doing. I'm in charge. I'm the CEO of Brian Robinson. So and the anger subsided and this this is when we talk to our parts, our anger, our fear, our worry, they tend to calm down because they know there's somebody else here who's wise and capable of handling the situation. And it feels like that's an example of feeling like, wow, that feels so good to be in charge and to stay in in chill.
0: And having that awareness, this is so important because here you are a professional in this field, Brian, and Uh you're working on yourself. That tells us we all are uh, in process. We're a work in progress,
1: right? Absolutely. And I don't ever expect I will arrive anywhere, uh, and I don't, I don't need to. But I, I do. I am. I call myself a lifelong learner, mm. and I learn from everybody. I learn from kids. I learn from my patients. I learn from my spouse. Um, I learn from myself to be to be kinder, more loving, and kinder to myself. There's so many of us who, um, on the inside, and again, I talk about this in the book, and there's a, a, something that. Albert Ellis, a famous psychologist, a term he coined called masturbation. And what that means is when I tell myself I must, I have to, I should, I ought to, we don't even realize what we're doing, but it puts pressure on us. This is self-pressure. And it actually makes us more anxious. It makes us worry more. But if I say to myself, I choose to... I want to, I plan to, then I'm coming from chill. I'm coming from my center. But if I'm saying I must, it's oppressive. It's like someone standing over me with a whip, and it creates anxiety. And we don't realize we're doing it. But just listening in your head, in your echo chamber, to the words that you use to talk to yourself uh, and then changing that, will make a huge difference in how much better you feel inside and how much better you treat other people as well.
0: Exactly. It it just goes so hand in hand. So if we were to just visualize that as two charts on a wall, we have choice. We can choose which one we want to embrace, which one should be the voice we want to hear in going on in our heads, inside our hearts all the time.
1: You know what? I'm glad you said that, Kate, because we do have a choice, but many people don't realize they do because when we react, it can be so reflective. It's like when someone if someone were to throw something at my face, I'm going to blink. It's involuntary. I don't have to think, and sometimes our reactivity to people in bad situations is is knee-jerk. It's a knee-jerk reaction, but... If you start to practice this, there will come a point where you will start to feel there's a space in there that you can choose. You don't have to react like a rat in a maze. We're not, you know, we are rational human beings. And when you start to find that space, that's the chill space, that sweet spot, then you realize you have a choice and that's where your freedom comes from. You free yourself up to choose whether you want to react or not. And you know what? If you want to react, fine. That's not the issue. Is not whether you react or not. It's you choose it. If somebody's coming at me with a knife or a gun, you better believe I'm going to choose to react. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone is mistreating a child or uh, someone who's disabled, you better believe I'm going to react. So there are p- appropriate times to react if it's safety and if it's concern for human life. But most of the time, when we react to things, they're not as threatening as our mind. Uh, tells us that they are. And you start to learn that. You, you internalize it. And then you're calmer. And, and things don't bother you as much. You don't react as much. But I like what you said. We definitely have a choice.
0: And given that, and as you said earlier, Brian, about how we can then make this impact in the world, there's so much going on that, you mm. know, in the big picture, we feel, I can't affect anything. But in my own life, I can. And if each of us has that effect in our own life. Look at what we can create.
1: Absolutely. You know, I was watching the news the other day, and most I'm sure the listeners know who Tom Brady is, the quarterback for the New England Patriots, and they'll be playing in the Super Bowl this year. And he was talking to a little boy, and the little boy said, what do we do about haters? And I was bowled over when Tom Brady said, we love them. He said, we don't hate. If you have people in your life who are hating you, just love them and wish them a good life and go on. And I thought, what a great message to send to kids. And uh, imagine the impact that one statement from this guy that kids and adults both have on a pedestal. To hear him say that, it just warmed my heart. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely, yes. Words have such impact. And yep. we're, these words we're speaking this morning, but people who are in positions of power such as that, to to speak, you know, such important messages, isn't that just really wonderful?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a book by a man by the name of Viktor Frankl that some of the listeners probably have read. It's uh, been around a long time. It's called Man's Search for Meaning, and he writes about his experiences in Dachau and Auschwitz. And he ultimately uh, lived at, to write this book. His whole point is he was imprisoned. People were dropping dead around him like flies. He was in sub-degree weather. He was a skeleton. He had hardly any food. But you know what he said in his head? He said, the Nazis will not take my will. I always have a choice to hold my will. And, you know, most of us are not... Um, we don't experience those kinds of things on a daily basis, um, but our struggle is the the daily curveballs that life throws, and um, if he can do it, then certainly we can.
0: Oh, absolutely, and that's where I feel this book, Hashtag Chill, turn off your job and turn on your life, all that we've had a chance to touch on this morning, which is just kind of scratching the surface, but the book holds the wealth of all of that—the stories, the inspirations, the, uh, all of the micro chillers that we can, uh, uh, you know, choose to accept and live by. And then I think we all owe it to ourselves to kind of see where we are, where we are on this whole spectrum, right? And yeah. go, go and, to the website.
1: Absolutely, and don't judge ourselves. You are where you are, and let that be okay. Have compassion, but that can help you motivate yourself to, if you want to grow, then grow, because we never stop growing, and that's what makes life fun.
0: I've heard it said in the sense of, if we're not growing, we're doing the other thing, which is decaying. Now, given that choice, which way do we want to go, right? That's right. I choose growth.
1: Yes, it is. Yes.
0: So let's mention the website again, shall okay. we, Brian?
1: It's uh, brianrobinsonbooks.com, and it's brian, B-R-Y-A-N. And there's a test uh, on the website you can take to see how chill you are or not. And then there, micro chillers can help you get to that sweet spot inside so that you're, you feel like your life is running more smoothly
0: for you. And the thing we can look forward to is having more peace, more calm, Mm -hmm. just uh, really creating that kind of a wealth in our life, uh, that type of abundance, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. More clarity, more um, courage, more creativity. Creative ideas are unleashed when you're in that place. More connectedness with ourselves and other people and more compassion. They're automatic byproducts of being in that place.
0: And who doesn't want to choose all that? That's right. Right. Well, Brian Robinson, I'm so glad that we've had the opportunity to break open the pages of the book a little bit, share it with our listeners, and really encourage each other to be on a path to a more productive, calmer life. That's right. And the book's Joe.
1: available everywhere. Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com. It's even in the airports, I noticed. All the airports have it in the book section.
0: See? Wise people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Wonderful. Well, again, it's been just really such a gift to spend this time with you this morning. I really appreciate your work and the fact that you've taken all this time with us this morning.
1: Thank you, Kate. It was my pleasure.